This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Good news about the FA Cup. Uh, the the away run has ended and has ended in spectacular fashion, woeful fashion, a 4-1 loss away at Leighton Orient. For this episode, I am joined by two people because they like to wallow in misery. First off, Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Yes, uh, the, the HMS Pistol League has run into the ground. Wow, choppy seas. It's all it's not too bad. <laughs> On to Barrow and all that. Also with me is James. Hello, James. Yeah, that game happened. That's all we can say. But you know, I'm used to these depressing Tuesday nights from last year, so it's nice to have have have, have them return. But yeah, let's move on to the weekend quickly as possible. This is where usually I would joke and play in the the end credits theme, but <laughs> I, I haven't got the motivation to do that. The plus it side, isn't a joke; it's happening for real. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you know from the podcast perspective, the big plus this evening is we did our first Patreon watch along, and it was an absolute delight. And Joe, you were with me for that, and I had a great time. And it was funny how football is football, whether you're sat in the stands or watching it with with six or seven people in a Zoom call. 
it, it perfectly replicated the experience, I would say, because we started from seven o'clock, so it was a good 45 minutes beforehand. Uh, lots of nice convivial chat with all the guys who joined us. And then as the game progressed and reached its, uh, its, its stuttering conclusion, it went very, very, very quiet. But we all had fun in the end. I had a terrific time, I must say. So much so that I wasn't really paying attention to the game, really. Just the uh, the stark reaction of people whose feed was a few seconds ahead of me. So like a Mexican wave of woe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. James, in terms of like the starting lineup, a really, really strong 11 from Swindon and a very competitive bench too. It looks like an exciting prospect, really, didn't it? Yeah, it's nice to have uh, Crocho back in the side, gives us a bit more balance at the back. But yeah, it's pretty much the the team. If you had everyone fit, you would have, obviously, apart from, you'd probably have Johnny Williams in there, but obviously him having, you know, 60, 70 minutes on Saturday, you probably wouldn't want to put them in from the start um, tonight. But yeah, apart from that, it looked like a very attacking side against them. Um, against, against, um, yeah, against them. So, it was, yeah. Very interesting to see. Joe, I hope your notes for the first half are better than mine, but I think something that I was saying during the game was that the first half was very Swindon Town, some would say throughout the whole season, but I would say certainly over the last few days, last few weeks, sorry, this has been something that I've been concerned with that not we've not been running, we've not been riding our luck or anything like that. It's just that Leighton Orient seemed to have figured us out and we had no answer for it. Yeah, it sort of started in like you know the same kind of way of you know feeling each other out. It started quite brightly. Um, I mean, earlier I watched the highlights of them dismantling Tranmere over the weekend and beating them four nil, and some of those sort of surges and through balls that they were putting through on Saturday put the fear of God into me, and they came out quite brightly. And then after you know a spell of a good. Like, the first six, seven minutes, we actually started to sort of counter that. And we were doing that sort of you know, absorbing pressure, feeling them out for a bit. Uh, and it seemed to just be going to a nice bit of a back and forth until we gave the throw away. And then there was, you know, that sort of low cross that came in where Dreenan could just flick it into the roof and then they were away and we were we were reeling from then uh for a little bit i'm I'm still trying to process this game because Leighton orient fully deserved the win but the 4-1 we weren't ran ragged it was just a, a case of just an atrocious spell thoroughly deserved to lose but it doesn't feel like one of those ones where you come out and go oh my goodness and again james it was one of those games where it was for Swindon, short on chances, and then obviously we scored, and but we never, we never sort of applied any more pressure after that goal, did we? Really? I think the problem with this, I mean, it's not just with the whole game. I think players had certainly had some almost like shell shock with a team that certainly when we've played away from home this season, a lot certainly in the games I've seen, teams have not really wanted to play against us. They just kind of wanted to negate our threats rather than kind of play their game, and you had. An Orient side who were very comfortable in what they wanted to do and wanted, actually wanted to attack us from, from minute one and play high and, and all that kind of stuff. So we didn't have much of the ball really at all. So we don't, certainly didn't have the possession we, we usually have in games. So I think we just didn't 
know how to kind of work the way that we played and we just couldn't create chances at all really um and only ones going through kind of luck really um the chance we did have and then obviously that decent finish that that McCurdy had but yeah it's just one of those games you're going to have until the end of the season where you know you just you know look tired and defensively just looked a bit out of it today to be honest with you having the having the trouble of like recording straight away after just you know absorbing that that kind of hit it kind of if I dial back to you know the the first half and like you say James from McCurdy equalizing and there's like a lovely break there with Simpson mm. pushing out deep finding Andlow and that cross meeting his head and whipping that in and even though we hadn't hadn't exactly set the world on fire at half time definitely in the old in the old watch along and I'd hope you know that our, our good friends in the stands I was I was feeling relatively optimistic if not that you know we could keep it at a stalemate and that would be a, a decent point one at half time I didn't necessarily expect I didn't necessarily expect that we would win but I didn't quite expect the uh the capitulation of what was to come <laughs> you expect us to make some kind of alterations at half time but then we just kind of didn't do you think Ghana should have made changes at half time because I mean that that first half as Joe said, really did play out like pretty much normal. And it was there for the taking for either side. I mean, if we played to the capabilities that we've shown throughout the season, we could have easily come out of that with with points. I wouldn't say necessarily in terms of personnel, but they were like tactical things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, again, Orient very much wanted to play against us. And in that first half, like Dan Kemp was having a lot of joy in that middle of the park and maybe have either... Payne or, or Gladwin play a bit more defensively to kind of give the defence a bit more more of a break. But I think, yeah, I don't think there's many changes that you could have made. And I think when you're going at 1-1 at half-time, you kind of think kick, kick on from there rather than maybe that was just thinking because it was still kind of on the balance then. In in terms of the start of the second half, i got to say, I, th- I think I remember saying that. I think we started quite well, quite strong. And then, you know, obviously once... Orient got back ahead, it was a different story altogether. But I thought we looked pretty okay early on, Joe. Yeah, we, we started. We started quite brightly um, from that second half. I mean, it never seems really like, uh, it almost seems like, uh, almost like a cliche or like a worn tape to say this. That it doesn't seem like it would be Garner's style to make changes before a break. He seems like sort of manager that has the way that he wants to play and set up based on his knowledge of the team see how the game plays out and then make the assessment at halftime and take things from you know lessons learned and observations from the team talk there and it seemed like we at least had a an idea of how to cut through and there were a few uh, a few attempts on uh, our old friend Lawrence Figaro's uh, goal none that particularly troubled him particular uh, that well and i think on the verge in the patreon of you saying that this is much better or much more like it that's when we got caught sleeping at the back and uh yes mr mr dreaming again and uh, the orient fans they were dreaming of a, a a 2-1 lead at that point and we were just we were we were basically like 
like ghosts, really. We were we were shadows in that resplendent black kit. Yeah, shameful wordplay there, Joe. <laughs> I'm not having any of that. James Dion Conroy didn't really look impressive um, for some of those goals conceded in the second half, did he? His shadow didn't loom very large. Yeah, it's just one of those ones where we played quite a high line as we usually do, certainly with our kind of possession stats and stuff, but Orient wanted to take it to us. They have two strikers in form, so they tried to play through us and we just looked static. So I can say it really. We just didn't really know, seemed defensively like we knew what we wanted to do because that's a way of containing teams. And they, you know, through Drinnen and Harry Smith and Dan Kemp all together, they found the lock and key and they were in, you know, three or four times that second half and made it look really, really easy. But um, it was just one of those things where we just didn't play our game and we weren't allowed to play our game from a very, very good team. It was more, I think it was more Orient playing their game well today rather than us not. Obviously, we've made some pretty horrific mistakes, but got to give all credit to Orient because they really did a really good job and I think really showed maybe maybe one thing going forward that you can play your way way against us and that might be something that maybe some tactical tweaks need to be made over the next couple of weeks Kenny Ruddy Jacket (sighs) just seems to have the curse over us I'm looking at the stats actually on the BBC website I don't know how accurate they are but only 62% of the possession that we had today certainly didn't feel like that Uh, (laughs) just every time I looked down at the screen it was a orient moving forwards we we can overreact with this. We've been spoiled rotten this season. That was a stinker, Joe. And it, we're going to get listeners' contributions in a minute. But the vibe must surely be we dust ourselves off and we just focus on Barrow and not dwell on this one. Yeah, it has to be a we go again. Um, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of wondering where I think we've seen this a few times with the centre backs, and we're at we're at brass bones really in terms of what what we can have in the beginning of the season uh Ghana was like favoring having the two and then we've gone back to the you know the three center backs and the wing back position but sometimes certainly when we concede it almost feels a bit like a a, a too many cooks job or that people are just you know not aware of what everybody is doing although it's risky um earlier on when there was say for example, Conroy and Critchlow in the centre together, they seem to have a better understanding. But there's been a few times with the three men at the back where it just seems to have led to some confusion. I don't know. It's, it's speculative. It would be risky to have to have wing backs and have just two at the back. I get that. But somewhere that communication breakdown is is not quite there. And I don't know after his his injury if Critchlow, although he might be physically ready, um, if he's quite mentally ready to be back starting. Do you agree with that, James? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the the three at the back works very well when we have uh, we have the control of the ball. Obviously, we have the more possession stats, but when we have the control of the game, because, you know, the left and right centre-backs and kind of move up into midfield or not, but when kind of, You've got an Orient side, which are very, very kind of well-drilled and, you know, play that kind of relatively high, not high press, but, you know, have had press as high than, than a lot of home sides have done when we play away from home this season. 
I think it was just a case that they, their midfielders and, and wingers read between the lines of our defence quite well this evening. I think it's just one of those ones where, you know, we just have to maybe take the hit and move on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really know what more we can say about this. I don't really want to dwell too much. I think in terms of Harry Smith, that was the Harry Smith I wanted to see at Swindon Town. It never really happens. That Everyone knows what, what sort of player that Harry Smith is, but given his height, and we just... Joe, we didn't see that enough at Swindon for whatever reason. It, it was you don't see him, and then pops up scoring the same sort of goal twice. He's having his much like uh, Dominic Telford. He's having his his salad days at the moment, and uh, yes, he's sort of hitting the uh, the form he probably hasn't had since his non-league days. But all credit to him, you know, he was he was. What can you say? He was unplayable today. So <laughs> fair enough, Harry. Let's get some listener contributions then. Starting with Ben Nichols, who says, meh, always going to lose away sooner or later. Dust ourselves down and beat Barrow on Saturday. Wardy S says, over 90 minutes, man of the match was pain just about for his first half show. Didn't shut down the crosses, which they really capitalised on. Never mind, had to happen sometime on two. Barrow, Glenn Waite says, awful defending. Smith won every header. Halftime came at the wrong time. Gave Orion a chance to recover. We didn't come out the same team. Man of the match, pain. And Mark Bevan gives the Leighton Orient 11, the man of the match award. AD says, next please. Not sure there was a man of the match. A lot of under par performers tonight. Missed passes through midfield. No attacking threat. Defence were all at sea. Harry Smith had a good game. Can I choose him for man of the match? Of course you can. Stevie says, as Super Sammy said on CoComs, the Orient front two were the difference. Town played pretty well by the defending for the goals on to Barrow. Paul Merriman says, there's a man of the match. We were going to lose at some point. The manner was a bit embarrassing, though. Are the players fatigued? We don't have a huge squad. This often happens after teams have won a cup game. We have to see a good performance on Saturday now. Jimmy Legg says, man of the match. The kit looked pretty good. The players, meh. Bobbins, just utter bobbins. Couldn't defend for Toffee. Orient made us pay heavily. On to the next game, West Coast Wizard said, even as I paid my tenner, my gut said for some reason it was not happening tonight. I thought we looked very clueless, a lot of possession, but no real evident plan. Pain comes away with some credit, but the rest of the team were off the pace, just not quick enough to react. Paul Temple says, as you know, I missed the first 30 minutes with technical issues. Thought McCurdy looked bright until he lost his head again. Hesitant defending and pressing in midfield are downfall, especially against big and aggressive units. McCurdy gets man of the match over Iandolo. Enjoyed the pod Zoom. We enjoyed having you on the pod, Paul. Matt says, shambles defensively, copy and paste for each goal, bin the black kit, has Reed missed the suspension cutoff for five yellows? Man of the match, McCurdy for effort, maybe. Sam Guy says, beaten by the better side on the day, not enough threat on goal at all, and looked naive in lots of play. Orient made us look that way, though, and we were set up well. Never seen a player give the ball away as much as Gladwin tonight. Not sure why he wasn't hooked for Williams. Bernie Man says, bad day at the office, beaten by a decent, informed team away from home. 
that'll do for the pod. <laughs> man of the match, pain. Yeah, I'm with you without Bernie, man. Uh, Andy Richardson says, sign defenders in January. Paul D says, run had to come to an end at some point. Orient the better side on the night, although don't think they were three goals better. I think I agree with that. It happens. Start a new run again on Saturday, then start a home run the following week, and it's all good. Rob Bowden simply replies with thud. Liam says, very frustrating. Critchlow was loose, which cost us a couple of goals. Gladwin, I'm sure, didn't complete a pass. <laughs> Simpson just doesn't fit the bill outside of running off the shoulder. Let's keep it together in December and see about getting a few in and out in January. Man of the match, McCurdy and Payne. Uh, Harry says, need some squad depth. Everyone looked tired, which is understandable from consecutive Tuesday-Saturday games. Jason says, I think performances of late have been pointing to a downturn in form. We have been really sloppy recently. Anderlo has been poor down the left for a bit. No out ball, just a jink inside and he loses possession. I'm not actually that upset at the result as I expected it. S. Parker says, we had to lose sometime. Meh, pain, man of the match. Few more to go. STFC Sean says, we're having a good season, a rubbish night, but that's going to happen. We have 27 games to go. 15 wins puts us on 78 points, which is playoffs. And with that spare 12 games, we can afford a few losses and draws or we get 70 wins in a row and go up in the autos. That's the spirit, Sean. Gary says the new black shirt and too much hype around the Man City game probably didn't help. Uh, we are, we're going to lose at some point on the road. Just need to get back on form on Saturday and stop thinking about the Premier League opposition. League two is our bread and butter unless we get promoted. Chris gives pain match, man of the match. Gladwin poor again. Understand Williams can play regular, but is Leiden not up to speed yet? Critchlow, not the player he was when he arrived. Central defensive additions needed in January. Um, Matthew says, ditch the black poo kit. Mm. Uh, Pete says, all good things come to an end. The perfect storm of FA Cup hangover, third kit. Remember the purple one that seemed to be jinxed. And Kenny Millwall at Wembley jackets. The green and gold remains invincible. Chuckles Cooper and the Barrow Boys up next. Uh, Jeremy Randall finally with the last contribution saying, poor defensive performance, conceded the same goal three times. Even first half, we didn't compete or pass well enough in the second to create opportunities to get back in the game. Swindon man of the match, Iandolo. I think I didn't notch it up. It's either Payne or McCurdy for the listeners. Um, I think Payne got just enough there. So he gets the vote for us. Who are we giving it to? We'll start with James. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Jack Payne, possibly, because he. We look, the things that we did seem to go through him and he had that. Very good kind of little bit of class on the seventh minute. But apart from that, there's not a lot to choose from any of the players I'd probably go with, with Jack. Yeah, Joe, do you agree? I can see the argument there for uh, for McCurdy. I think I would agree with Payne. My issue would be that as much as he creates in chances, he also creates in mischief and problems and, you know, getting into trouble with the referee. And he's very lucky not to get a red uh, towards the end. Um, so for that, I'll go for Payne over McCurdy for me. 
<laughs> it's 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 a fun point really because i think in that quiet final 20 minutes that we encountered in the watch along the the moment where things were getting a little bit more noisier was when mccurdy was enjoying his last couple of minutes where he was really doing everything he could to get sent off and the late and orient players were doing everything they could to try and um, get that over the line mccurdy is a fan's favorite he's, he's somebody who is going to infuriate some but his actions are also gonna make him very popular but you know if we're going to talk about the incentive of an fa cup game coming up he really needs to james keep an eye on that yeah i mean he's i mean he's a maverick i mean the term has been used a lot i think there's a lot of similarities with those kind of those kind of players over the years. But yeah, he needs to to calm down a little bit and I think he needs certainly when you think about in the final third, you need to kind of control your emotions a bit more to to be a bit more clinical and you know, he he has a tendency to to get those yellows. So I think yeah, if he can keep a lid on it for a bit and yeah. One one thing I, I, to kind of move on, I thought certainly on Saturday and today, I thought Jaden Mitchell Lawson was great when he came off off the bench. I think maybe as a, a chance for him to, if you know, because McCurdy, as much as he scored scored today, and you know, he's not he's been inconsistent recently. So maybe it's time for a a slight change on Saturday. Because I thought Mitchell Lawson was fantastic when he came on on Saturday, and I thought his hold up play when he came on today was decent as well. So it'd be interesting if he's given a chance. Something that was being observed when we were watching is that Ben Garner didn't change things around until far too late. The damage was done by the time Williams and, and JML came on. There was absolutely no harm in giving Mitchell Lawson a few more minutes today, was there? No, I, I certainly would have liked to have seen more. We were even saying then that we're waiting for the 70th minute and then almost on cue, that's when, you know, the subs are coming on and you knew that Williams would come on at 70 and that, well, by the time that Mitchell Lawson did come on, I think that McCurdy had made the case. Obviously, if he'd stayed on much longer, he was going to see a red. Don't know what he's got against uh, going to Barrow. Doesn't seem to want to go, seem to want to be suspended. Um, and I think, again, on the evidence of you know his contribution, 15 minutes wasn't enough and that we need to have more options. It's good having a you know very tasty looking starting lineup again. Oh, okay, we're up for this. But when it's not working, need things that you can call upon. And of the of the attacking options on the bench, he's he seemed the brightest, but needs more. What an absolutely miserable pod this is. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what it is. I'm perfectly on board with the fact that the run away from home was always going to end eventually, much like the poor run at home will end eventually. But I can think... I defend your brand, Rich, and say that if anyone's interested in being um being a patron and doing a watch along, that it wasn't like this no. the whole game. So it was it was fun, honestly. And anecdotes <laughs> are plenty. You know, people listening to my voice for much longer than than your your average your average episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good to meet some of the uh, the listeners, absolutely. But Oh, man. I mean, when you consider the euphoria of 24 hours ago over a draw, and I guess I find it fascinating that people are citing like an FA Cup hangover from, I guess, the Warsaw game and also 
drawing a team <laughs> in the third round. But do you think there's anything in that? Do you think that, you know, the, the giddy excitement of playing or the, the idea of playing a, the best team in England right now? I think, like we were saying, we were enjoying the social media yesterday. I was enjoying Louis Reed saying, you know, oh, when's the fourth round? And I was enjoying Tyree Simpson's Ronaldinho hands rubbed together and tongue out. I was enjoying that the players were relishing it. I imagine they were probably relishing it more than uh, Harry Smith and co were thinking about that away day in Stoke. And probably today's day of training of imagining, you know, who you're marking is De Bruyne or Sterling or all that kind of stuff. It probably did get a little bit to their heads because they didn't seem in it today. But that's fine. It's probably all got in our heads as well. Still good about the FA Cup draw, James. Yeah, I mean, that, those two sort of players, no, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. And obviously it's great for the club with the great receipts and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to kind of use the John McGreelism, it's it's Manchester City. <laughs> oh, no. That's... it's. I really am excited about the Man City game, but it does feel a very, very long way away. And I will happily swap Man City for boring fixture against same division side to ensure that we go up you know we have to keep our eyes on the prize we are definitely promotion material right now but you know I don't want players sort of protecting themselves going in sort of into tackles just fearing getting injured and stuff like that and and look that's up to the that's up to the uh, the coaches to make sure they don't do it. and I wouldn't for one minute suggest that Swindon do that but it's human nature isn't it and we just didn't seem at it again I've got no problem with us losing games but it was pretty toothless this evening and Orient fully enjoyed those three points and all this to see Zach Steffen in goal um, yeah. in a month's time it's you know I think it's a bit of a myth of the whole hangover thing certainly with draws and stuff I mean Super Sam mentioned it and mentioned Bradford in uh, in the game and obviously their run to the Football League Cup Football League fight, uh, the League uh, it was the League Cup final wasn't it when yeah. they lost to Swansea yeah. they got promoted that season so I don't think that's always the case and they on, on that run they beat up the likes of Arsenal I think and, and that's I think if you know Garner as a manager and all that, obviously all of the rest. I can't imagine all the rest of the media stuff unless on the week is really gonna gonna bother them until the week is really gonna bother them that much. Um, but yeah, if we can use it as a catalyst, it, I think it's easiest fans to, when you see a performance like it's a day after. It's kind of use that as a kind of scapegoat, you know, thing for the, for the performance. Like I think today we just everyone kind of looked knackered and a bit lethargic and. I think it's just one of those ones where one team looked, you know, just like that. They were slightly more organised than us then. We we have to move on and, you know, not wallow thinking about is, is this kind of FA Cup thing going to run over to another weekend? Yeah, well, what, what, what do we do against Barrow? Is it time to sort of mix it up a little bit or is it just stick to the brand, stick to what we know and it's just a blip, continue, nothing drastic, you know, no sudden Lewis Ward in goal and... Dabre up front or anything like that. It's just keep 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 your heads and all that malarkey. As as much as as much as we're licking our wounds tonight, and this is not going to make for you know scintillating joyish podding. We can all forgive that you know the excitement of the last twenty four hours would have gone to everybody's heads. But 
when I'm looking at the, you know, the table here, this is perfect opportunity for a wake up call to not be complacent because we fifth. Now we've got a game in hand that, you know, if we win on Saturday, we could be back in those automatic places and we're not necessarily going to be looking at Barrow down in 20th in a bit of a rut and thinking that there'll be a pushover and a bit of refocusing and focusing on the here and now and, all of the games throughout the rest of December and the pretty loaded Christmas period before we get the, uh, you know, the the media and all the attention for the cup game will be ideal. So if there was ever a time to get tonked 4-1 away on a Tuesday, this is it. Reset, refocus, don't get complacent. Don't be thinking about playing the megastars and getting a, you know, big Premier League move based on how you ghosted it round whoever. Phil Foden. (laughs) (laughs) So we're blaming the kit then? Yeah. (laughs) As we go back into the darkness. Nice. Is that how you're going to end? That's how we're going to end. I'm going back into the darkness to find (laughs) the the loving bosom of a yellow and green shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.